Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2016. This is Greg talking about Steps 5, 6 and 7. Hi, my name's Greg and I am an alcoholic. Hi, Greg. Very gratefully sober today. He wants me to come closer. I really don't like the stage thing. Um, you know, I just like feel there's a barrier of some sort. I don't know. Anyway, um, thank you for the group uh, for asking me to come and share. I was a part of the first round of SEPS weekends ten years ago. Um, we were held in a really small room in the city, and we had to get extra chairs in from everywhere to fill in. That we just packed this little small room. It was fantastic. And went for about four or five years. Five years, yeah. Um, and went into this huge venue in the in the middle of the city. It was great. Um, my home group is Rule 62 Group of Alcoholics Anonymous. Rule 62, if you don't know, it's in the 12 and 12 in that part that you never read at the back called the Traditions. And uh, it's don't take yourself too seriously. And that's what we try and practice. Um, my sobriety date is October the 22nd, 2004. I came to Alcoholics Anonymous because I drank too much. I came to Alcoholics Anonymous because I drank with both hands. I, uh, I couldn't stop drinking. I drank because I was happy. I drank because I was sad. I drank because I was feeling in between and I wanted to feel happy or sad. I wanted to change the way I felt. And I got to Alcoholics Anonymous and I was offered a solution to that. Because when I got here and I stopped drinking, as has been said before, that's when my problems started. Um, uh, I got myself a sponsor and uh, I started through the process of the steps. Uh, I've had four sponsors in Alcoholics Anonymous um, of varying different lengths and for varying different purposes. Um, I say that quite often because uh, for the newcomer, don't feel like if the, if the relationship between you and your sponsor isn't working out, then it's okay to say, you know what, this is not working out and I need to find a new sponsor. Um, and that's what I had to do. Uh, I've had to do a couple of times. Uh, I've had different experiences with all of those sponsors. Um, and for me, once I got to step five, I really needed a sponsor that I could trust and that was strong in Alcoholics Anonymous because that's where my sponsors have really come to the fore. And they, their, their knowledge and their experience of the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, of the book, has been paramount to me and my growth. Um, I wrote my fourth, first fourth step uh, when I was about nine months sober. Um, and uh, I had a spiritual advisor um, as well as a sponsor. Um, and uh, I read my first fourth step to my spiritual advisor. And uh, it, was on, uh, it was on a Friday afternoon. And in the book it says that when you finish this, you sit quietly for an hour. Um, put the book up on the shelf and sit quietly for an hour. I did it on a Friday night of a three-day spiritual retreat that was a silent retreat. So I sat quietly for two and a half days because I'm an alcoholic. And I like to take things to extreme. Um, but I can say that that was a really uh, an amazing experience. It was very uplifting. It was very freeing. Very, it, was like, it was a weight-lifting experience. Um, it wasn't really until I, I started working with my third sponsor that I got what I would say now, looking back, was... Uh, a valuable experience in my, four, my in my fifth step, 
and by that I mean that that was when I started. Then that's when the first time that uh, a sponsor gave me feedback and uh, on my behaviour and feedback on his experience with that with that behaviour, um, and consequently, my current sponsor um, quite often uh, he has. Uh, one standard line, and that is where has self-reliance failed you in this situation? And self-reliance has failed me because I'm fearful of some sort of situation, and that comes back to a third step because I'm not relying on God. And that's his standard line. And most of the... I've got to go with that because that's, that's what happens for me. Um, and he keeps me straight and narrow. You know? um, I speak to my sponsor on a, probably four days a week, I email him nightly with a nightly inventory and if needed we discuss that the next morning. And that's been going on for a while. Um, I found my first fifth step really boring. Um, By the time I got to the bottom of the fourth column I was over me completely. I was really tired and I was really tired of being selfish and self-centred of being dishonest, of being fearful and being inconsiderate. It was so boring. And I've got to say, when I've listened to Fifth Steps um, since that time, um, they're really boring. Um, I'm sorry if you think that yours is really exciting, but there's not much new stuff that goes on in a Fifth Step. It's the same stuff. And, and that's based on my experience, you know. Um, yeah. I thought when I first did my fourth step that, uh, you know, like uh, some of the stuff that David talked about before, I had to have the right format, you know, and I had to have the right book with the right pages and the right, and drawn up the right way because, you know, it needed to be a presentation, you know, and it doesn't need to be anything, just write four lists, you know, it's pretty simple and that's, you know. um, But what it does do, that fourth step, it gives me those, those five areas of character defect that I take into step six. Um, I and my sponsor is of the, of the belief um, that there's only five character defects. That's what the book tells me. I hear a lot of times that people have got hundreds of character defects. I'm simple. I just need simple stuff. I don't need to complicate stuff. I just need it really simple. I've got five character defects and that's what the book tells me. I'm selfish. I'm self-centred. I'm going to get this wrong. I'm inconsiderate. I'm fearful and I'm dishonest. Yeah, you've got it right. Um, that's it, you know. Those five things, though, manifest themselves in different ways in my life. And it's those behaviours that I want to change and I want to bring to my step, my step six. Um, in the book, in various parts, I mean, step six and seven, the book, it's got like two paragraphs. It's the shortest bit of the, bit of the steps. It's two paragraphs, you know. It can't be that hard, yeah? Two paragraphs. But... Elsewhere in the book, it just makes these really subtle um, references to the fact that this is a lifetime work. And that's my experience. Step, five, step six and step seven is where I live today. That is, everything comes back to that for me today. Because that's where my character defects come out in my day-to-day living. I don't like people as a general rule. You upset me on a regular basis. And that's a fact of life, you know, for me. The stuff that you do 
Can I swear? Pisses me off. You know? Sorry, I'll swear. That's right, swear. Alcohol's not um, And, but when I get to my six and seven, what I find is that it's my perception of that. It's my perception of what you've done. It's my perception that you've hurt me. That, that causes me to react badly to that situation. And it's that that I've got to look at. It's that sort of stuff where I've got to sit down and go through and look at where I'm being dishonest in this situation. Where, where am I being fearful? Where am I being self-centred? Where am I being selfish about this whole thing? And it's all about me. And that I can take into my step seven and say, you know what, I don't want to be this thing. I don't want to be this person. Um, I'm going to read something. This is a, a book that I don't know where the people... Uh, this is one of my favourite books in Alcoholics Anonymous, along with the big book. It's called Emotional Sobriety. If you haven't read it, it's awesome, in my opinion. But it's also, at the front of it, I'd say it's awesome. It's got this letter from Bill. If you have never heard this letter from Bill, um, he wrote it in January 1958. It's long, and I'm not going to read it all to you, but I will read you two bits, I think. Um, perhaps they will spearhead for the next uh, the development of much more real maturity and balance which is to say humility, humility in our relations with ourselves with our fellows and with God These, those adolescent urges that so many of us had for top approval perfect security, perfect romances urges quite appropriate to age 17 proved to be an impossible way of life when we were at age 47 or 57 uh, then he goes on to say Suddenly I realised what the matter was. My basic flaw had always been dependence, almost absolute dependence, on people or circumstances to supply me with prestige, security and the like. Failing to get these things according to my perfectionist dreams and specifications, I had fought for them. And when defeat came, so did my depression. That's me today. That's where I live. You know, um, I'm still fighting for approval from you guys. I'm still fighting to feel okay on not a daily basis and I know where it's coming from and I know how to control it today because I've got those tools and I've got a sponsor and I can keep some clarity on my thoughts and it doesn't consume me to the point where I'm going to create these obsessions in my head and create resentments that are going to go past the point of no return and lead to a drink. That's the beauty of Alcoholics Anonymous. But I still, they still niggle away from me. I'm still walking around at my job and waiting at times for people to pat me on the back and go, you know what, are you, are you right there? Are you sure you're in the right place? Do you belong here? You know, because I don't feel like I quite fit in. I'm still a bit square, but my edges have been rounded off a little bit. And I still, and I can actually fit in. But it takes work from me. And it takes work from me to put myself out there. To put myself into those, posi- into those positions where I feel vulnerable. Because I don't like to feel vulnerable. And that's what 6 and 7 does for me today. It gives me that security and that ability to go into that stuff. Um, uh, Earlier, so late last year I had, uh, and earlier this year, I went through a really bad time with depression. Um, I was... Uh, in my own opinion, and for me that's valid, um, and I have some knowledge, 
uh, I was chronically depressed for a period of time. That uh, was brought on by the fact that I behaved badly with a relationship with, in a relationship with a friend. And that friend basically disrespected me by cutting me off. And that sent me into this huge spiral out of control. And it's taken me a lot of work and a lot of inventory and a lot of self-searching to find out where I was, where I was wrong. And I like what David said before. I don't look for my part in anything anymore. Because if I'm looking for my part, exactly what David said, I'm attributing another part of that to somebody else. And that's not what my understanding of inventory is either. <clears throat> inventory is about me. It's my inventory, not the other man's. And I had to look at that stuff. Now, I don't like to look at that stuff. I don't like to look at how I was selfish and self-centred, how I tried to enforce my will upon another person. But I still like to do that stuff today. I still like to have control over stuff. Because I feel just that little bit out of control sometimes, you know. And I need six and seven to look at that stuff. Um, as I said, six and seven is um, where I live today. I'm probably going to finish early, I think. Um, my biggest character defect along, uh, along the way, I think, uh, is my self-centeredness. I, and, and a little bit of dishonesty, I guess, and fear. I'm going to miss out. I like instant gratification. I like it now. I like, well, I don't, but I like McDonald's stuff, you know, like, so I wanna, if I want a meal, I want to get fed in three minutes. That's what I like if I decide I'm hungry. That's what I want. I want. And that's what alcohol did for me. Alcohol provided an instant relief to life. And then I came here and you guys took that away. But I've still got that feeling that I just want it now. I want everything now, now, now. Alcoholics Anonymous in the process of the steps has learnt, has taught me that I don't have to have everything now, that I can actually build, grow, learn and be educated and give myself this, this basis, this spiritual basis of life that's going to give me a solid platform to stand upon. I used to, uh, I would read a book and I would read the last page first to see if it was worth reading. I seriously did this and I can remember doing it. I would be drinking in my bedroom uh, and I'd go, wow, you're out of shape. You better do some exercise. So I'd get down on the floor and I'd do three push-ups, do a couple of sit-ups, and I'd get back in the mirror and go, well, that didn't work. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. I came to Alcoholics Anonymous and, uh, and you guys taught me stuff. And you guys taught me that I can actually get a better result if I work hard, if I trust in God, and I come to these meetings and I stay connected. I'm a service in Alcoholics Anonymous when I'm asked to be of service most times, um, when I can be. You guys saved my life, I, and I owe you that. And I, owe to, I, owe, I need to be able to give that back so that I can keep it. Thanks for asking me to share. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.com. .aagroup.org.au Thanks for letting us share.